most of us here are on recovery, and Sonny's an honorary member of recovery now. Mm-hmm. In recovery, you know, we talk about self. That's what has defeated us. The activity of selfing really defeats you. You you haven't been defeated. It's a feeling. It's a defeating. Yeah, it's an activity of mind. So uh, the the activity of mind is that the, a, a part of the brain or the mind, the mental process, produces a product called the self, a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, a feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. So when they say a, self, a sense of self, they're really talking about a sense. You sort of feel it. It's like a vague feeling. There's a lot of, lot of thoughts about self, but it, there's also a sense of it. You have a vague feeling that comes from the body, basically, like an energy of the body is being interpreted as signifying that's you. Yeah? And it's pretty persistent. So this mental process obviously hadn't produced a you yet when you were first born. If you notice, they've done a lot of research now, and they say that when you, from about from birth to about a year, year and a half, the, the baby has no sense of being a someone or another. Yeah? It doesn't recognize other yet, because there's no recognition of self. They're both, they go together, self and other. And yet then it grows into it. The mental process produces it. It produces this feeling of being a self, a self. And then there's a capitulation of the system into identification. And then the A drops off and it's self now. And it's yourself, which is the difference. Because let's say if someone came over your house today and was talking about their selves, you'd probably lose interest in it very quickly. Yeah? You'd want to do your laundry or do something. You know, it's boring. But that same narrative is going on in your head, and it's called about you, and you have an incredible amount of fascination when it's about you. It's the same stuff, but the flavor of it is if it's my stuff, it's very interesting. If it's your stuff, I'm quite bored about it. Yeah? <laughs> so it's the sense of a my, M-Y, which is the act of being identified. It's not like a tattoo. It's not like something that you got once. It's an activity. It's being applied. The mind is applying it all day yeah? because it has a language, which is a conceptual system, and that language is an, uh, a subjective language used by objects. Yeah? So in a sense, what I'm, I'm put, putting out is that this is an object but this object has been taken to be a subject. Yeah? So when, you, when the language in your head is going on and when we speak, it's always, I did this or I did that and this happened to me. Yeah? So there's no sense of life is happening, but it's, it's interpreted as life is happening to me. Yeah? It's a total different feeling. And so in some of us, alcoholism to me is like an extreme subdivision of self-centeredness. So, Everything that happens, it's, we see it as how it pertains to us. And it's really incredibly intense. It's almost like a sucking sound. Yeah? Everything. I mean, I know a person that you can mention something that she could have possibly no, no relevance to, and it only takes her mind about a half a second to make it an object of worry. Yeah? She'll be living in an apartment, and someone will maybe be talking about deers in their backyard, and then she starts giving the deer the ability to climb into an apartment window and that they're going to be grazing in her living room in about half a second. You can watch the mind. It takes it. It takes this idea of something bothering someone and it brings it into that realm and becomes fixated on it. 
Yeah? And then the mind thinks about what it would be like. How would that deer get up there? What would it do to my couch? And this and that. And it can go on and on and on and on and on. It just goes off. Yeah? So yet if someone else was sharing it with you, you would have a total immunity to it. You would be going, fuck, that's fucking crazy. Yet it may happen, you may leave that little conversation and the exact same thing's going on, but it seems to be incredibly interesting to you. Exact same, that it's in them, it's recognized as totally freaking crazy, but you go home and do the same thing. See, the sense is, you didn't do the same thing, but the feeling is you're doing the same thing. What I'm saying here, let's say here, it's like, um, you know, you ever hear of duality or dualism? Duality is like yes, no, high, low, male, female, dark, light, yes, day, night. The mind, the mind is a binary system. It doesn't, it doesn't circulate. It goes either or, yes, no, good, bad. It has a conceptual framework and it plays ping pong in between them. Yeah? Either you're good or you're bad. <laughs> and there's different degrees of it. But basically, do, 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 do. yes, 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 yes. But there is one singular thing in the witnessing of this. There's this feeling that it's you that's good and you that's bad. Yeah? So there's two. It's you that's close to the goal and then it's you that's far away from the goal. So in this two-ness, there's a pseudo-oneness that's made by the mind. Yeah? And that oneness now has all the swings of the two-ness. I'm getting closer to what I want. I'm far away from what I want, yes? And so, no matter what happens, no matter if it's like I'm close or far or high or low or yes or no, there's only one that it's happening to, yeah? yeah. Or there's only one that it's happening from. To me, this is the disease. This is the disease. It's not obsession with self. That's what the mind does to to reinforce the identification as a self. Yeah. It says, you know, in the recovery, it says, please relieve us of the bondage to self. So if you look at it in that statement, so let's say there's you and I, and I don't know what that is, and then there's this idea called self, and we're asking for something to relieve us of the bondage to that. Yeah. So here's the idea of being a self, and there's whatever you are, and there's a bonding to that. Yeah that we want relief from. Because it's obviously, the, he's implying that it's the bonding to it that's the suffering. So we're asking, please relieve us of the bondage to self. Yeah? So what is the bondage to self? What's the glue that, that applies that or, or makes the appearance of that bondage? What is it? So let's say what you are is spirit or no thingness, you can't put your finger on it, and then there's an idea the mental process is presenting as you, which is you're a thing, you're a body, yeah? Or you have a body, or you're in a body, but the body is definitely like the fixed location it's going to tell its whole life story around. Yeah? So here's this idea of being a body, and here's whatever you are, and the bonding agent to a, that, that is a, the glue to that is the daily narrative. It's the selfing in your head, yeah? So the selfing is how the mind reinforces the identification as a self. Because it needs a, a constant application of glue because it's not a very natural bonding. No thing to thing is a very difficult bonding 
to occur. Yeah? <laughs> For no thing to be bonded to the idea of being a thing is an incredible move. Yeah? So that, and of course, it's so, uh, I don't like to use the word natural, but let's just say it has a tendency to pull away. Yes? So the bonding agent has to be applied all the time. Why, why do you think there's so many freaking thoughts going on in your head? Are they, I mean, how many thoughts do you have to have about the length of your pants when you walk in a room? I mean, maybe, oh, shoot, these pants are too short. They look bad with those shoes. But no, the mind will have thousands of thoughts about it. Who's, did anyone see me? Let me see if I can shift this down farther. the knees, all right? So it looks like, you know, still, you know, on and on and on and on. Why is that? Because the thoughts and the hem or whatever it is, whatever object that the thoughts are sort of circling around have nothing, it's, that's not the dilemma. It's the bonding agent that they produce. Because while you're thinking about that hem, there's a feeling that the hem is worn by you. Yeah? You're the one who has the pants. You're the one who has the hem. You're the one who's worried about how this lady's viewing you. You're the one who actually believes you know how this lady's viewing you. You're the one, the one, the one, the one. That's the selfing. The selfing is the application of the bondage to self. Yeah? So to see the activity of the mind in self, that the root of it is the bonding agent, you'd be making a big mistake. It's not the bonding agent. The bonding agent has a purpose. The purpose is to reinforce the feeling of being a self. Yeah? For a no-thingness, or let's say you want to call it spirit or awareness or consciousness, for, no, for consciousness and awareness to take itself to be a body. Yeah? And to forego its nature and now take on the body's nature as its own. And to have a mind tell a story about a life starting from here instead of starting from the conscious contact. So let's say conscious contact. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And then in Buddhism they call the mind is a sixth sense. It sees thoughts like the eye sees a bird fly by the window. So there's six senses. So those are the six ways we're in contact. Conscious contact, yes? So here's the conscious contact. And so let's say you have a feeling. A lot of times when you have a feeling... Isn't it your mind will show up a little bit later and say, I don't want to feel that. Yeah? But the feeling already was noted. Yeah? The feeling was there, was, a, there was an awareness of the feeling, and then the mental process claims and says, I don't want to have that feeling. Yeah? But you see, it came later. Yeah? So the conscious context, like Buddha said, when you see, see, when you hear, hear, When you feel, feel. When you taste, taste. When you touch, touch. That's it, yeah? That's conscious contact. That's awake living, in a sense. When there's a recognition of the seeing, when it's seeing, hearing, hearing, feeling, feeling, tasting, touching. Not a recollection of it after the event. I heard that. But no, an awareness of it while it's happening, yeah? Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. If when you see, see. That's it. When you feel, feel. When you hear, hear. When you taste, taste. When you touch, touch. But while that's happening, the mental process claims it and says, I'm the one who's seeing. So seeing comes first and the mental process comes later. And yet in the mental process of story about the event, it's first. And the consciousness, being conscious is later. Yeah? 
And actually it takes consciousness and makes it a verb that it's doing. Which is another incredible maneuver. Yeah? It claims to be the one who's conscious. I'm the one who's seeing. I'm the one who's feeling. I'm the one who's tasting. I'm the one who's touching. And when the mind falls for that, it forgets the fact of seeing comes first, let's say. Yes? And there's no way you as a mental product's ever going to get behind the scene and claim it and be the one who's doing it. There's no freaking way. Because every time you believe you're doing that, there's a seeing of that. <laughs> there's a seeing of that activity of the mind claiming to be the seer. There's a seer. There's never a time where you get behind the scene and you become the one who's seeing. Yeah? There is no one who's seeing. There's just seeing. There's just seeing. So... It's so beautiful because a mental process with the name of a process takes time, yes? Any process takes time. So conscious contact is not of time. Yeah? It's not of time. The mental process is of time. So it takes, it shows up later than the contact. And it, again, it will never beat the contact. <laughs> It comes after the contact, yeah? So, the way the mental process has claimed it to be is that, all right, here's your attention. My attention's going out. I'm seeing everybody here. And then, because everything here is like a dualistic movement, yeah? Like tides, high tide, low tide, yeah? Everything goes, exhale and inhale. There's, well, everything's moving. Supposedly the universe is expanding, First it contracted, now it's expanding, yes? Everything has this movement. So here's your attention. It's not your attention. Let's say attention or awareness, you want to call it. I'm seeing Sunny, yes? I'm seeing this object, this body, and I'm giving it the name Sunny. I'm seeing that. Now I'm seeing that, 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 I'm seeing, yes? Everyone, and then if you would say what you, what's happening with you is, it would be I'm seeing from there, yeah? You would go I'm seeing, yeah? So, everyone's in the same event. Everyone is I'm seeing, yeah? Right now, in the room. Everyone, if you asked what's happening, you would say I'm seeing, yeah? Now, in, in this position, I'm seeing that object, so I would say I'm seeing Sunny, or, I, or I'd say, I'm seeing you, yeah? So the you represents a body, yes? So there's the I, that's the conscious contact right there. I, let's say I, I, or spirit, whatever you want to call it, is seeing, yeah? And what's being seen is an object, because you can't see what's seen. It's not an object, it's not a thing, yeah? There's no way in hell the eye is ever going to turn around and look at itself. It just doesn't work. So, and that's even, a, that's not even a good example because this is an object. But what's seeing is not an object, so it can't be seen. So, for the activity of seeing to have an object, it needs a body, let's say. So, I'm seeing you. And you'd be going, I'm seeing you. So, in this room, we're all the I, yes? And to another I, where are you? So I'm like right now, I, 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 I. But to this I, in this little game here, I'm seeing you. And from your point of view of I, I'm a you. Yeah? Yeah. 
everybody, everybody. And when, so if I would say, if you ask me, well, who is it that's seeing? Yeah, I wouldn't say you, would I? I would say me. Yeah. So if I go, all right, I'm seeing, everyone says I'm seeing, and then if I ask myself a question, well, who's seeing? I would go me. Yeah. But that me, what is that me? That me is a you. Yeah? That's identified. It's just a body. I'm, I'm taking, I'm seeing this body just like I see that body. But in this case, I think this body's me. <laughs> and I'm in a world of views, but there's one me. <laughs> this is, this is what self-centeredness is. Everything else is a you, but there's one me. Everything is centered on this one self called me. Yes? But in fact, all there is is I seeing. Yeah? You see the interpretation? There's the recognition, I'm seeing. But when you ask what the mental process means by that statement, I, it says me. And me is a you. Just identified. Yeah? It's just like, an, a, just like you're seeing a you here. Sonny, yeah? Sonny sees this you. But I don't see this you as you. I see it as me. <laughs> this is the bondage to the idea of being a self. Yeah? That bondage produces a, a dis-ease, an irritability, a restlessness in mind. Mind gets agitated. Yeah? Now, when it has an opinion, it can have a good or a bad opinion. But one thing never changes. It's you that's having it. You. So, instead of recognizing the allness of the emptiness, let's say, you become the allness in this world where God is played by self. Yeah? So, if you know recovery, it says the how and why of the whole program is to quit playing God. What is, the, what is a mind becoming identified as self doing? Playing God. It makes itself a one, and then it forgets the all one, yeah? And it makes a pseudo one up by this. So I'm a you just as much as you are, but to my head, I'm a me. That which causes me to be different than you. Yeah? So when you're suffering, I can't feel your suffering, because it's not me. So, to me, this is the bondage of self. Yeah? There's, a, there's what I am, which I don't know what that is, because I can't see it, hear it, feel it, taste it, touch it. Yeah? But I get an intimation, and of course it's not me getting the intimation. There's an intimation of it while it's being. Yeah? And being, the activity of being is conscious contact. Consciousness is in contact with objects. It's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching things all day. Yeah? But to take that thing that's in contact with objects as a subject is the self thing. Yeah? So when something happens, it's a feeling that you did it. Yeah? Isn't it? So let's say if an if a action issues forth from this location, the mind says, I did something. Yeah? you got to see it. Yeah? Now you become the doer of all your actions. So you've omitted the things in your life and you've committed many things in your life. And this gives the mind what? The possibility to riff in this realm called guilt and shame. 
It has tons of opinions about what you've done and haven't done. And it produces a lot of guilt and shame around that. And the only way you can have guilt and shame is by the feeling of being the personal doer. Yeah. But then Lord Buddha comes, supposedly a long time ago, and says, hey, events happen, deeds are done, but there's no, there is no personal doer thereof. Yeah, sweet, exactly. <laughs> Events are happening, deeds are done. He probably said the same thing. Events are happening, deeds are done, yet there is no individual doer thereof. What an incredible bit of news, yeah? So here, okay, so we take this, the mind has presented life based on being a body, yeah? So what does it do? When it has a body, it can picture you somewhere else at some other time. So right now you're here so seemingly, but in the mental realm you can be somewhere else at some other time, in the past or the future. And what does it do when it places you, let's say, in the future? There's a lot of thinking about what could possibly happen to you in the future. <laughs> yeah? So right now you could be fine, but where, in, where you've been placed a week from now, at some other place called Sixth and Market, you're going to be on the verge of being destitute. Yeah. You're totally okay now, but in the mental realm, you're in a whole world of pain. Yeah. <laughs> and the dilemma is, the download of that, that mental anxiety, triggers the impending fear or the contraction of the body. Yeah. That sense. Do you ever have that sense of impending doom? Well, usually that one's rooted in the body, isn't it? Certain of feelings sometimes you walk around with. Well, that that is like a latent possibility that the mental anxiety tickles. Yeah. So now we're having the experience of fear, which is like, uh, you know, fear is a valid emotion. You've had a really good life, maybe you've only had it 20 times, 15 times, where you had to take flight or fight, you know, something occurred and whatever, and adrenaline got pumped. But now the mind in selfing produces and makes up a mental anxiety about what's not happening and produces the physiological effects of fear in the body. And being identified with the body, you think it's you. <laughs> Mind racing, sweaty, stomach turning, feeling uncomfortable in your own skin. Yes, all this is produced by mental anxiety. Yeah? It's like the mind goes to a place that's not happening and brings back a product. <laughs> and when you entertain it, it's, it's, it's promises that it promised way back over there somewhere later happen now in your body. So you may be in a room like this where there's no impending threat, but you'll be flipping out. Yeah. Because you're not responding to what's happening. You're reacting to what's not happening. Yeah. How are we going to have immunity to this? If you're the center of the whole system, there's no way you're going to get a lasting immunity from the system. Yeah. Self can't get out of self. Yeah. How could a product of a mental process ever leave the mental process? That's the only place it appears. Yeah. So self can't get out of self. See, let's say if you want to study about self and hope that you'll get out of it, so you study two years about self, getting out of self, wouldn't that be obsession with self? <laughs> you can't get out of the system. Yeah. 
what we believe is, oh, I'm getting out of self is just another form of being in self. Because the two forms are being in self and being out of self, yeah? But there's only one self that's doing supposedly both of them. Yeah? So there's all right here, being in self could be like a, a, a day with iron chains on, and then being out of self, seemingly, for the self will be a day with golden chains, yeah? But after a while, the golden chains are just, just as bonding as the iron chains, yeah? So self can't get out of self, and that's the most incredible news. So when, like there's a one uh, Buddhist book called The Wisdom of No Escape, yeah? It's such a beautiful statement. I don't think, I don't know if I take it the way she presented it, but there is no escape from an imaginary place. Yeah? Every escape in an imaginary place would be an addition of that imaginary place. Yeah? Every exit sign in this little mental realm is not an exit sign. Every plan that's hatched, every little map to get out of here that's sold, every little story about someone else who got out of here a long time ago and that's, that's read, none of them get you out. They're all forms of being in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because the identification as someone who's in and someone who's out is there. That's the bondage, not the feeling I'm in something and the feeling, oh, I feel great now, I'm out of it. The feeling that it's a you that feels terrible when you're in it, and there's a you that feels great when you're out of it. That's the selfing. Not the, not the either or, yes or no, good or bad, and all the different degrees. It's the feeling that it's always you that is going through it. There's a feeling of being a you that's going through it. That's the selfing. That's the product of the selfing. It's not yes or no, high or low, close and far. That's the story. That's the narrative, that's the activity, that's the obsession that reinforces the identification. So, okay, here you are, your head's going, your head's next week, yeah? And you're going to have a really bad time next week. You're sure of it. <laughs> There's a real belief that it's going to really suck next week. So there you are. <laughs> And so someone, let's say, so someone, you go and you talk to a number of people. Jesus Christ, I've got this fear about next week, yeah, I'm really, and it's really flipping me out, and I just can't get over it. I really got a feeling this is going to happen to me. And then the person says, hey, bro, I can't see it. I can't hear it. I can't taste it. I can't touch it. I can't smell it. For all intents and purposes, it's really not happening. <laughs> there's absolutely no conscious contact with it as it's being presented there's a contact with the presentation of it the thoughts but how it's being presented the little mental picture it's not there to be had you're the only one you're in your own little private Idaho bro <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> so what would happen if you saw that and you would just say hey bro it's not happening what would you do after that? If there was a realization that it's not happening, what else would you be called on to do? To deal with it. If there was a seeing it's not happening, what else would we have to do? It would, it would just be a simple recognition. It's so clean. It's not a processional uh, release. It's an immediate release. Because there's a recognition it's not happening. 
It's sort of like the only solution to an imaginary problem is the recognition that it's imaginary. <laughs> That's it. Yeah? And none of us, I don't know, maybe some of us have, very few of us have, ne- have ever entertained it. We've always taken, no matter what, we've taken us to be real. Yeah? And so we're attempting to look at this, because if this isn't real, everything else that has the ability to affect you starts losing that ability. It's like in The Course of Miracles, it says, uh, you and I are the dreamer of the dream. You and I are the dreamer of this dream. We forgot we're dreaming the dream, and we've given everything we've dreamt the power to affect us. So I'm dreaming this place. I forget I'm dreaming this place. So now, taking myself to be this, which is a dreamt object, that dream tiger is scary as fucking hell. And I don't care how many books I read about, oh, of some guy who learned how to live 10 feet from a dream tiger, I'm still going to be very suspicious of what's going to happen to me being in such close proximity to the dream tiger. There's no way I'm going to get true, lasting, radical relief. Because that's, it's always going to be lingering. There's that tiger right over there. But if I'm not the dreamt object, does the dreamt tiger scare the shit out of me anymore? The only way it can have an effect, the only thing it can actually truly affect is another appearance, yeah? Just like this chair. We go over this all the time, but I like it. This is actually too heavy, so I'm not going to move it. But here, we're in this room, and this chair's been here for 40 years, yes? Lots of important asses have sat on this chair. There's like, uh, you know, I got news, my, my, uh, whatever. Very important news was heard here and stuff like that. So here's this chair. And it seems solid to me, and there it is. And so, let's say if I could move the chair, just move it out. Yeah. Did I, would I have to, like, move some space back in, the space the chair took up? Do I have a closet that has the exact size of space that this chair took up? And so, yeah, you have to be really fast. You have to, you know, get that space in there. Okay, because what would you see if the space wasn't there? So here, okay, so what would happen if I took this chair away? How would you be able to see it by remembering it? That's the only way. You would remember the chair. You couldn't see it anymore. It's gone. But your mind would remember a chair. And what what would the chair be able to affect here? It would be able to affect this wall if it hit it, yeah? It would make a mark on the wall. If you lifted it, there would be marks on the rug, yes? But in the space... Does the chair have any effect on the space of this room? No, no. Is there any like, is this hurting the space? Yes. And when I took it out, obviously I wouldn't have to put any space back in because it's actually not taking up any space. It's more like it's appearing in the space. Just like these walls aren't taking up space. If you tore these walls down, that you wouldn't have to move space back in. There was space, yeah? So really, this is an appearance, let's say. And the only where it has influence or effect is on other appearances, like on the wall and on the floor, right? It doesn't affect the space that it's in. What's the difference between then this object? If I leave the room, yeah, you can only remember me. You can't see me anymore as this body. I'm in the other room. So I, I'm actually brought to you by your memory. Yeah? 
and I have no effect other than on you as a body or on this. This is the only thing that could hurt me. I can't get hurt. You know, I bumped into space today. It really fucking bothered me. You know what I mean? No, there would be no, nothing could hurt me. Yeah? An appearance has an influence on another appearance. But the appearances have no influence on the space that they're appearing in. Yeah? What would, what would happen if the mind that we may be, possibly be, or the spirit, is more like space? Yes? More like space. And that would, in, in, in other words, nothing that happens in this place of appearance has any real effect on the space. Yeah, just like the sky. Have you ever heard of a plane called down to the uh, tower? Hey, I ran into a big chunk of sky up in the... No. No. And when it rains, the only thing that gets wet is the ground, yeah? The appearance of space. And 4th of July explosions, nothing gets ripped open. It just, it's just there. Everything appears in it, but nothing seems to affect it, yeah? It's just space. Wouldn't you mind... Can you imagine if your mind is, so, is sort of like that? Instead of being a body... Yeah? That can be all the slings and arrows of this place can hurt you, but you are a space that's not affected by whatever is appearing. Even a little bit of entertaining that, what would, it, what would happen to this as it traveled? This would travel lighter. Yeah? The more it takes itself to be a you, the more seemingly solid it is, the more it's an object of effects here. If you could bring a little lightness to it, if you could entertain, I may not possibly be this, yeah? And, it may, and then maybe the head, see, the, the uh, disease of alcoholism is, is trippy, alcoholism. It's like a parasite, yes? It's like something that took us over. Yeah. And that parasite, as you know, is not a benign, you know, parasite, is it? It sort of treats the host really bad. <laughs> but when you have alcoholism or you go on a run, it's not pretty, yeah? for you or anyone else. So, for that parasite to be able to keep the same seeming host, it has to have an incredible strategy to convince the host, yeah, to, you know, just stay open to this takeover. What did it do? It presented a you. It presented a mental image, yes, located in identification as a body, and it says, this is me. And therefore, no matter how much you suffer, the mind can't entertain being free of it because it's identified as it. The best you can do is therapy and hopefully you get civilized. Like I had to go into a program for two years just to learn to go to work, really. I was like a wild dog out there. I had to be retrained. They watched me 24-7 for two years, told me everything to do. And you know what was really flipped out? My life looked a lot better with them running it than it ever did with me running it. <laughs> exactly. I was like a wild animal. So, this parasite produces this feeling that this is you, yes? And so your head can only, its ability to entertain is limited by what it's identified as. So it can only entertain, well, I'm going to get therapy for it, I'm going to win it over, I'm going to do esteemable acts, I'm going to do this and that. But can you imagine, if you could entertain I'm not that, the next thing the mind can entertain is I can be free of it. It's the one thing it's missing here. It's gotten its ass kicked. It's totally clear. Any life run on self-will is not going to be successful. Self is what has defeated me. I'm totally fucking spiritually, physically, emotionally bankrupt. We're all in a lot of agreement with that, the people who've had bottoms here in recovery, yes? 
but we haven't been able to entertain being totally free of it because we're identified as it. So we have to tolerate what's intolerable. We've got to put up with what's unbearable because we don't know any better, really. But for me, when I finally heard this invitation, that was the first recognition. Once it started to hit me, I'm not that. The next thing was, I can be free of it. I had never, ever thought that way. I had never felt that way. I had never got a realization of that because I was identified. Yeah? So all the times I was trying to get relief from self was like getting relief for self. I was in a form of slavery here. For me, the relief from self was seeing if every one of us has been trying to get out of self since we were young kids. Yeah? Haven't we? We felt this uncomfortable, irritable, restless, discontent. That's an amazing place to start from in an interpretation of life. To be uncomfortable in your own skin if that's the only skin you're identified as. That's fucking unbelievable. I mean, you're starting way behind the eight ball, you know. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, that, I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a marine biologist. After a few years of active alcoholism, my idea of success was not to be arrested. <laughs> All the dreams... They were gone like that. I was just scurrying around like a rat. Yeah. Okay, come on. That was my big success. Woo! How do you do today, Paul? I didn't get arrested. Woo! Oh, thank you, my son. You're doing great. <laughs> it's like a form of slavery. And all, your poss- all possibilities are taken from you. Because the incredible ability of mind to entertain is now being funneled to through an idea of being a self. So everything you entertain, you entertain it as a self. Yeah? And that self, you can't entertain being okay now. It's always about I will be okay later after I do something and get something. Yes? Because that's the modality it is. This is a radical freedom. Not for that, but from it. Then you see the bonding agent, but if you're not the center of the system, you lose interest in the system. You lose interest in your own bullshit. It's, it's so incredibly boring, K-Paul. It's like, you ever, you ever go to, uh, what's that place, Mel's? You know, that, that diner place? They play the same music every night. The people that work there for years must fucking hate Rhonda, that song, or whatever, Runaway, or whatever. Every night, the same old, same old tunes. You walk in, it seems to be, hey, yeah, like that reminds me of something. But to be reminded of it every day? That's what this head is doing. It's reminding you of you every day. It's fucking boring as hell. And yet you can't seem to turn, you know, move to another station because you're identified. If you go far, it's you. If you go, if you get close to something, it's you. If you feel really good, it's you. If you feel, and if you feel really bad, it's you. God becomes an object that you tell where you're at with. Oh, I'm getting closer to God. <laughs> we go. That blows my mind, really. <laughs> While we're thinking about God, what's playing God? Who tells you how good you're doing around God? Your head, eh? <laughs> it's informing you how you go doing in your relationship with God. You're doing really good. 
as long as you go to that three month retreat and never fucking fart and never have a perverse thought, definitely no sex, no, and whatever fucking crazy idea it comes up with, and oh, you're good, yeah, but you're ready to blow every minute to be bad. <laughs> it's painful, eh? This is about being let off the hook. You walk in a room and that's the experience of just walking in the room. Not all the thoughts about walking in the room. Yeah. There's more, uh, like, uh, the emphasis shifts from the selfing to the space it's happening in. Yeah. And that space is presence. And the presence is your absence, really. Yeah. When, in a sense, you're taken to be absent, that's the sense of being present. Yeah, that's the presence. When you're trying to be present... That's the absence, really. When you as this are trying really hard to be present, that's totally being absent from what's going on. When you see, when you recognize I'm not that, that's presence. Yeah. And no matter how hard you try to get to be there, when the presence is there, you'll that will, <laughs> the presence will be absent. Yeah. So even if you have an incredible event like an epiphany. And then after a while, the head rises up and says, oh, I had the epiphany. Yeah? The head, you are not in the epiphany anymore, what is claimed, yeah? And the funny thing is, the selfing has just attempted and got away with claiming its own absence. What an epiphany is, is a very, very stark absence of self. Yeah? And then the self arises and says, I had this incredible epiphany. Let's compare epiphanies. I want to see where I am on the epiphany scale. I had a really big epiphany. What does that mean? I'm spiritual now. All right? Get the whites, you know, the patchouli oil. It's okay. No more sex, whatever. Get the loving gaze. I've arrived. Only to depart. Because if you've arrived, you're going. <laughs> That's the dualistic nature. If you believe you attain something, you can believe you can lose it. It's just that simple. That's so beautiful about this. You don't have it, so you can't lose it. Yeah. You don't have it, so you cannot lose it. It has nothing to do with you. You're totally irrelevant. Yeah. In other words, it's not up to you that this present is present. Yeah? It has nothing to do with it. It can appear to be up to you, but that's the dream of self. It doesn't change a damn thing. Once that dream stops, the presence that's always so is obviously always so. Yeah. So I don't know, I entertained this a while ago. It's brought me to the brink of insanity. <laughs> In some ways. <laughs> Or a conscious contact with the content, 
there's an intimation in that of the context. Yeah? You get a sense of presence. You don't know what that presence is, but there's a sense of presence. So there's more of like an intimation. It's like a sort of like a sense of being okay. Yeah? You don't really, it doesn't matter about how much is in your bank account or what you did or didn't do. You just sometimes wake up and isn't there a sense sometimes you just feel okay? It's a feeling of that. Yeah? It's not conditional, it's not circumstantial, it's just like a gift. You know, that gift keeps on giving in a way, if it can be entertained. So, I like the approach of seeing what you're not, because there's nothing else more to do. Yeah? If you see that I'm not this, you don't have to try to become something, any, anything else. You are that already. It's sort of like the wave. When the wave recognizes it's not a wave, that's the experience or the sense of the ocean immediately. Yeah? The only thing that separated or made a seeming separation was that little bit of ocean thinking it was a wave. Yeah? When the, and then the wave may have a peculiar drive to want to know the ocean, but it's attempting to know the ocean as a wave. And the best it can do is have a conceptual experience of the ocean as a wave. But in this case, if it's not a wave, it's the ocean, yeah? And it's been the ocean the whole time. So I always like to go that way. I don't want to hear that much more about how lovely and beautiful the ocean is, because it's not helping me if I'm identified as a wave. But if I'm not the wave, that's the ocean, yeah? So, just questioning, I'm just like the question that way. So if you're in recovery, and they brought us in those first four years, the best they could do, and it was pretty damn good, they brought us to obsession with self, we're just trying to add on to that. Because now people have been sober a lot longer than they were. And, you know, my humble opinion, it is not obsession with self. That's just the activity of the mind identified itself. If you can go to the, to the identity, you'll know the tree by its fruits. You'll get a large, you know, there may be some interesting uh, returns from that entertaining. And by the returns, you'll get a sense, yeah, I'm on to something, yeah. questions?
Yeah, I guess I'm wondering is, is that so unnatural if everyone, and that happens to everyone, correct? Well, see, it doesn't happen to anyone, really. No, it doesn't actually happen. It seems to happen, but it needs a you for it to seem to happen. Yes? So in other words, it's made up. It's made up. The feeling that it seems to have happened to you is the product of the selfing, that feeling of being a you that things happen to. But everybody has that experience. No, no, they don't. I'm here to tell you they don't, no. There'll be experiences of the body and things arising, but there is no more the experience or the feeling that it's happening to you. This doesn't change anything about the format. It changes one little bit about the for in the interpretation, which is that it's the format's happening to you. That's a big leap. I would say it's more just happening. Yeah. So let's say if life is just happening, uh, and then then it's seen as life is happening to you. If you had a chance to, let's say, I'm not, you have to say the word you, but if there was like a, a sampling of that, which one would you probably prefer? I would say the life is happening is a much wider view, much lighter view than it's happening to me. To me, become, the to me is like, it takes a giant river and bends it and brings it always to you. <laughs> Everything gets brought to you. It's incredible. It's an incredible sucking. Interpretive sucking, yes? So every, see here, let's say I'm looking at you, like this now, and then there's some of the attentions going this way. Yeah? So I have contact, and then there's a, this way. Yeah. But when I'm looking at you and having contact, if the selfing's in place, why, where my attention goes is to this idea of I'm a body. So let's say it's a mirror, and it's two-sided mirror. So attention's looking this way and this way the same time. So here I'm looking at things, yes? Well, there's looking of things, and this way there's looking at, let's say, no thing. Yeah? Yeah? So I guess I've been at the understanding that that everyone gets that way. Uh, no, 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 no. That's how the... My, the, my skewed... Yeah, no, no. The, the uh, system looks like at that way, but there isn't... There isn't a you that's doing it, yes? Just the system is looking that way. In other words, the system itself sees, the eye sees an object. It's not seeing that this is being produced by the brain with light, yeah? It doesn't see that. What it sees, it's conditioned to see the object, the chair. And this is its feeling. It's not having a feeling, I'm seeing the light make this up on a screen in my head. Is it? It's easy, oh, I see the chair. Yeah? The system is built like that. But the idea that it's you that's doing it is the selfing. Yeah? The feeling that you're the one who's seeing the chair is a big leap. They're seeing of the chair, but it definitely doesn't imply there's a you that's doing it. Only in the head. See, in the head, every, let's say everything's verbing. Yeah? Everything's verbing here. It's just happening going on. Yes? It's recording. Everything's happening here, yeah? The head, the mental process, interprets the verbs of happening and says, and it puts a noun in there, or, or a 
doer or a haver, yes? So in other words, let's say running's happening, it's I am running, yes? I am, so thinking, I am thinking, yeah? Which is an incredible big leap, yeah? That you believe you're the thinker of the thoughts. You can't even take a shit when you want to, can you? Really. I mean, you really may need to take a shit, it won't come out. Really, but you believe you're the shitter. You do, don't you? I mean, you look in the toilet, there's something there that verifies that something happened, and you go, I did that. <laughs> I, I took the shit. It's the same thing as being done with thoughts, but there's thousands of thoughts going on, and there's a feeling that you're the thinker of it. It's incredible, isn't it? When it's just an activity, but the head puts, on, puts the feeling that there's a one that's doing the activity, you. Just like you think you're eating your food. How much are you digesting that burrito? Your job is here and then that's, it's over. As soon as it hits the mouth, it's totally involuntary. Yet we sit there and the way we speak is, oh, I ate this incredible meal tonight. You know? What would happen if you were the eater of the food? You'd be going, I forgot to digest that burrito from last week. Fuck, it's here, it's moving, it's like stuck in my liver and kidney bacteria. I gotta get to that when I get home tonight. No. You know, have a big list. How much, hey, I, I got to digest that burrito. No. Yeah? Yet, there's a feeling that it's you doing things. Yeah? That's what I'm saying is the product of the process called selfing. That feeling of being the doer and the haver here is not something that you were born as. You know, the body was, and the mind and the body was not born at that. It grew into that, that role. Yeah? So if you can grow into something, you can grow out of it here. Like it says in AA, you grew into this thing of fear, and now you're going to start growing out of the fear. Yeah? So the, the atmosphere of fear in our life is not a natural state. It's, we grew into it, yes? We grew into that atmosphere, and there's a sense that you can now grow out of that atmosphere. Yeah. Did I help you? No. I hope not. It's not the point. Oh, um, Jesus Christ. I, 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 uh, I, I got a lot out of um, listening to you tonight, and I, I, was, I was thinking... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can't get around it, so it doesn't matter. Um, but you talked about, like, walking into the room and, like, being present, and, like, the pitfall of realizing that you're present, being that you're now not present. Yes. And so, like, how, what's, what's... Like, I was thinking about things that I do where I, where I actually really feel... Uh, separate from the future and the past, yeah. like maybe, and they're always like these activities where I'm moving a lot, like skateboarding or like running or like how do you just walk without, you know, like I guess what I'm asking is there an act, is there something to do? Or no. Is there, or like, you know, like is there no. instructions? No. Okay. I mean. <laughs> no. I would just, just, uh, Let's say if something is being demonstrated in a certain action, if you do that action enough, it will start bleeding into a lot of other actions. It's like for me, I like to surf, yeah? So surfing is a, does something, the water and everything, you know, just like skateboarding probably, yeah? You just get into it. And so, okay, the mind, why would it want to just isolate it in that activity? It's all coming from it. It just starts entertaining, hey... The possibility is the same while I'm walking. Woo! You know, it's da da da. So the mind is like coming out of like a yogic posture, self-centeredness. 
So they can only entertain very limited things in this position. Now it starts opening up, and now more and more possibilities appear to it. Yeah? Endless possibilities. Because its ability to entertain is endless and seamless and not defined. Only when it becomes identified as self, then it entertain, all it's entertaining is defined by selfing. Yeah? So now it's entertaining like the length of the hemp for 13 hours instead of just being able to entertain presence. Yeah? It becomes enslaved, in a sense, to the thing it's obsessed over. Yeah? It gets liberated, in a way, when it, when it realizes I'm not that, because as soon as it realizes I'm not that, it realizes I can be free of it, and then it opens up to vast amounts of new possibilities. Its okayness is now not going to be a product of a process. Oh, I will be okay later if I do this and this and this and this. There's a recognition okayness is the state. Yeah? Solutions come from a timeless place. Yeah? And then they may take time to express, but, they, but they're not produced by their expression in time. The seed is timeless, yeah? It appears here, and it may appear in time happening, and it's growing and getting deeper, but the seed or the drop holds the whole ocean. Yeah? It's just that like that. The mind just opens up out of time and space and starts entertaining other possibilities that translate here. And for me, they translate into a form of traveling lighter while you're here. It doesn't promise the terrain of my life is going to change. I may get sick, I may not. I may get run over by cars. I don't know what's going to happen to the body in this activity here. But I, the thing is, it does produce, let's say, a sense of traveling lighter through whatever the terrain of this life is going to be for you. For me, like, what more would I want? I hated when I needed, just like when you were in the drugs, you know, I hated that I had to listen to another Coke dealer's life story before he gave me that quarter gram, you know? I just, you know, three hours worshipping at his little altar because he had something I wanted. I don't like that position in life anymore. You know, I don't want to have to go somewhere to get anything. I want to realize that right where I am is what I'm looking for, yeah? With no requirements necessary. I don't want to be dependent on this person or that person or this teacher or that teacher, it's pointless. Yeah? It's another form of addiction. If I'm not that now, when will it happen? <laughs> it's not a product that I'm going to produce here. It's what's been forever unproduced. It's always available at all times. It's just that the mind can't entertain that when it's constrained in the activity of being identified as self. It can't. It cannot entertain that something is timeless and always available. It has to have itself have be relevant in the pursuit of that thing. You have to do something to earn that. You know? You, so who's the most important thing? The grace or you that has to earn it? I would say it's mind playing God. Like they say in some circles, it's a gateless gate. It's an open secret. Yeah? Gateless gate means there's no one who can be a gatekeeper. <laughs> there's, no one, there's no toll to pay. 
an open secret, who do I have to go to hear it? It's open. It's always available at all times. It's like in Zen they say, it's you know, look at your original face. It's like it's just the attention. Instead of the emphasis always going out to things, the emphasis goes to the attention to no thing. And your original face is not a face. If I'm identified as this, my attention hits this and takes it, and then the head believes this is me, and then it goes like this. All the attention, everything comes back to here. It's called the loop of self-importance. It's an incredible sickness of mind. Yeah? The attention can't go through because there's been like a, an opaqueness put on the other side of the mirror. So you think it's only one-sided. Me seeing, me hearing, me feeling, me tasting. But at the same time, if you're not that, the attention will go right through this freaking idea and go into what? Affinity. I don't know what you want to call it. Space. But this little trip, you never see those Star Trek things? They go on a trip and they bring some things back just from being on the trip. This brings a lot back just going on this trip. When the attention goes this way, yes, there's an intimation that comes through and sort of sprinkles all around here. But if it's captured with this, it just gets caught in this claustrophobic loop of self-importance, yeah? It's like a real... You know, you ever see those helicopter things when the, 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 the thing is really going fast? It looks like it stops, right? It's just like a solid thing. The self thing is doing that. It's creating like an optical illusion and your mind sees it as a thing. Yeah. It just, yeah. It gets sort of obsessed with this idea. It takes something that's a verb, an activity of mind, and, and, it, and it implies an object. I'm that. I'm that. That's me. And everything gets bonded to that center, that sun becomes the center of your solar system. This is about the attention. You, you'll feel it. While you're walking around, you'll feel something, in a sense, looking into infinity. So you can, you know, it brings a lot of humor here. You know what I mean? It's, this place is a freaking trip. So, I don't know. There you have it. So what else do we do? Oh, we passed the basket.